Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good Tuesday afternoon. Welcome into Grant and Danny. February 20th, 2024. We are happy to have you with us. We'll be giving away Caps tickets today at 4 o'clock out of the Beltway Blitz. Two hours from right now. Five o'clock, David Aldridge of The Athletic joins us. How do we fix the NBA All-Star game? And what does he think about the learners no longer selling the Nationals? Six o'clock, Max Chadwick, PFF draft analyst. will talk about the top of the draft board and the best quarterback prospects coming out this spring. Washington is picking through that basket of players as we speak. Danny, how are you? We are good, my friend. We are good. That long weekend, it felt really long. I think because the snow happened late Friday and early Saturday, and there were no activities. So usually it's like half your weekend is shuttle the child here, return the child to another location, then go to the third location of the day, whatever. None of those things happened. So it just felt like I, we were just at home for like a month, it feels like. It feels like I haven't seen you in, in weeks. I'm a big three-day weekend guy. Well, I mean, yeah. I could get used to those. Sure, yeah. Made the trek down to Richmond over the mm-hmm. weekend. I, do you know about baby sprinkles? Not showers, but sprinkles? Yeah, usually reserved. I, I could be talking out of my tuckus here, but usually reserved if you've already done the the the, the first kid, maybe the second kid. This Correct. Is, everyone's kind of like, you, you already have all the stuff, but we'll still get together and sip some Chardonnay. I think we could just call the shower again. Could. Who said you can't have multiple showers? I often shower twice a day. Mm-hmm. You shower every single day. Sure, yeah. A baby shower the first time, I get the excitement is ramped up a little bit. And as you said, you're getting a lot of things. You, you reuse many of those. But I don't think we need to call it a sprinkle. I think we could just do another shower. A, a human being is being born. It's a big deal. A life is coming into the planet, into the family. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just call it a shower. But we went down to Richmond. Uh, my sister's having her second. I took the kids down. They were fired up. Uh, my daughter had like a, a job she had to get. I think it was like sprinkling you with love, and then it was some sweets that we had to get with sprinkles on them. Yep. My daughter took it very seriously. She was worried about Yeah, that's about a duty. That's like a job. The donuts getting there on time. Mm-hmm. She was very stressed. It was hilarious. Uh, but she did a great job. Everyone had a blast. But uh, then we went to a brewery, and we the brewery we went to is a very Richmond bit. It was awesome. We sat there, and every hour on the hour, they played bingo. So we would get bingo cards with the purchase of a beverage. Oh, nice. And then they would shout out the numbers. I hadn't played bingo in a long time. It's been a minute, right? Felt like an old lady at a bingo hall with my little dabber, you know, B7, and I'm hitting it. Uh, But yeah, breweries, good time on the weekend. I told you about my bingo story in Scotland, didn't I? 
where the two the All two I guys remember is the two guys getting into a fight. The two guys got in a huge fight, and the manager was like, "Of course she can stay and finish her paints," which is the most Scottish thing that ever happened. And then a few seconds later, he's, the manager gets on the mic and goes, "All right, after all that, uh, Joyce will be along in a moment for their bingo." Like th- they were there for bingo, and they came to blows. And one guy was his head was cut wide open, needed stitches, ruined his shirts. Uh, no one had to leave. They could just finish their pints. And Joyce hobbles in a moment later with her walker. It's like, oh, what have I missed? Has there been a bit of excitement? Yeah. Those two guys got in a fight. And they're still seated right next to each other, by the way. My for bingo. guess is Joyce has seen one or two of those. Jeez. Oh, I've been around. Yeah, it's a common occurrence every, every Friday at three. A big thanks to Mustafa for joining us yes. here in studio. One of our listeners yeah. who uh, brought lunch today. I ate it. Kicking it with us. Uh, a little buttered chicken and naan bread for my mm-hmm. guy. Did that, and we had some, uh, had like a, a, a meat wrap, beef wrap, and then a chicken tikka masala wrap, I believe. Look at you. What I did is I ate those things. Mm. So some people like are like, oh, I'm not sure what to do. I was like, I'll I'll lead the charge here. I ate until I was full, and now I feel great. It's so much better to do the show on a full stomach. Isn't it? That's what I've always said. You know, you, you got it. Don't eat until... Now, this is advice that any nutritionist would tell you. Yeah, this is what they teach in nutrition school. Don't eat an amount that you think is reasonable. Eat until you feel terrible. And yeah. that way, on the back end, mm-hmm. you're you're going to have energy stored up for the rest of the day. So a lot, different strategies. Some people are going, hey, pace yourself. Others go, eat until it feels like you need a nap. Yeah. I did that. I'm ready to take a nap. Oh, this is going to backfire. Oh, it's already backfired. I've, we've been here so many times. I'm exhausted. Danny's going to look at me at about 4.45 today in the break. He's going to go, you got it from here, buddy. <laughs> we, we have done this before. We have seen this a time or and 70. I, I, I've said that to you many times. Well, we, we well. know each other real well. You could see it coming. Right? I, I, I go to Walters, have one too many appies. About 5 o'clock, I let you know. Hope those shoulders have been worked recently. You stretched out, buddy? Feeling loose? <laughs> How the traps doing? Carrying me the rest of the What's way. up, Atlas? Go ahead and take this world. I want to start the show not with football, which is where we normally begin the show. But with the Nats, and here's why, they are no longer for sale as they continue at spring training right now. Managing principal owner Mark Lerner spoke to the Washington Post over the weekend saying, quote, we have determined, our family has determined that we are not going to sell the team, Lerner said. Nothing has really changed. This was yesterday he was speaking. We've just decided that it's not the time or the place for it. We're very happy owning the team and bringing us back a ring one day, end quote. Danny, it was two years ago in April. Mm -hmm. April of 2022 that I think it was Barry's Faluga originally broke the story that the learners were considering a sale. At that time, remember, there was no timetable and there was no real definitive outcome. They didn't know what was going to happen. They were just looking into possibilities maybe taking on someone to help them financially, possibly selling the team in its entirety. We have, at different varying points over the last couple of years, thought that movement was afoot. Uh, Ted Leonsis came forward as the leading, most likely p- prospective buyer with a, a group of folks at one point, almost bought the team. But the learners, reticent to get their number, this is how they do their business. You're not going to put Pepsi on their ballpark if you don't give them exactly what they think naming rights are worth. And so they'll just go years and years and years without naming rights at Nationals Park. They got no problem with it. They have not gotten the offer they wanted. And who would have had this in the office pool, bro? Two years ago, they come out and say they might sell. Since then, the commanders have started selling and sold. Josh Harris owns that From beginning to end, yeah. And the Baltimore Orioles, out of nowhere, off the top rope, were able to sell. 
Now, that's still in the works, but we know what's happening. And the Nationals now are effectively taking the team off the market. The learners are saying, actually, we'll keep the team. I don't know what to make of it. There, Barry Faluger wrote a column uh, about this. I think he just published it. To, to this effect, we just don't know. We don't know how the last couple of years have been governed. Did they not spend because they're never spending again? Did they not spend because there was a potential for a sale? You don't want to add too many Albatross contracts and, and have the next group inherit it. Cost-cutting before a sale is a normal thing. You don't want long-term overlays. Is it because they're just looking at their watch, waiting for the Strasburg situation to somehow magically resolve itself? Last year of Corbin's deal, a huge $35-plus million cap it coming off the books that might you know kickstart some selling. Is it too soon to start adding pieces to a group? I would have argued no, but maybe they would argue yes. We don't know. The, this variable is fascinating, and Nats fans are kind of left in the lurch here. It's it, it's unfortunate the way the last few years have gone, not because they're rebuilding finally, but just there's there's this feeling of bare bones minimalism that fans don't deserve in the wake of a World Series that that's really happened in earnest. It is complicated. I think that them keeping the team is better than the team being for sale and being unable to be sold. I think when you're yep. in flux for sale, that's the worst possible outcome. Agreed. Now, I also think it's worse than them selling to someone that was going to be aggressive and spend money. Steve Cohen was not walking through that door. For those of you that don't know, Cohen bought the New York Mets, has run them since as a guy desperate to win who's throwing all the money at his problems, and it hasn't gotten them anywhere necessarily on the field at this point. But it's been a hell of a lot of fun in the offseason as a fan of the ball club. And, you know, it's the opposite of kind of what the Nationals do. They spend a lot wherever uh, the organization seemingly asks him to, whereas the Nats have cut corners and just financially haven't spent a lot of money as they have been up for sale. And we've talked about this, Danny. It's no different than if you're selling your house. And you're in the process of selling your house and things are kind of falling apart around the home. How much do you really want to dump into the house that you're not going to be living in? Do you want to get all new appliances if you don't have to to put it on the market? Do you want to you know, get new flooring and, and do things with your ceiling uh, that you're not going to benefit from or use in the future? So I think in, in a lot of ways, initially at least, they probably assumed they were going to sell. And that was part of why we got to where we did with this ownership group. But what I really want to know is when did they decide that they weren't selling? Because that would be pretty illuminating for me. If they figured this out a month ago, I would feel better than if they decided this a year ago. And for the last year, they've operated as they have. Do you get the difference there? Yes, totally. If they came to the conclusion like when the – maybe it's as simple as the Angeloses are selling the Orioles. They think that the new owner of the Orioles will be a much better regional partner, will be a much better partner to, to deal with mass and wise and get out of that dispute. And so they go, our biggest issue was Peter Angelos, John Angelos, mm -hmm. the Masson deal. We don't need to sell anymore. If it was that recent, then I, I think there's a chance they get back to being good owners and spending some real money again. But if, if they decided this a year and a half ago and they're just telling people now, and this is their idea of ownership over the last year and a half as quote-unquote like engaged owners, this is their big plan to get back to the ring, then that would be disheartening to me. And I would think we're in big trouble. I don't think that's the case. My guess is this is semi-recent. Now, Lerner was quoted as saying in this story in the Post uh, that they decided this a while ago. We just don't know what a while ago means. Days, weeks, months, 
sort of certainly after you didn't get the offer you wanted, you pulled it back in, in 2022. We have again, we have no idea. I think the truth is probably somewhere in between. Because remember, uh, it's this is like one of those. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the right analogy. You know those icebergs. Where I'm sure you see them all the time in your daily life. But like the one that, that uh, took out the Titanic? Maybe. But like the iceberg up above the surface is like, oh, there's that. There's the iceberg. Well, down below, there's all, a whole bunch of mechanics and stuff going on. We see Mark Lerner talking to the media once once every however many months, right? You're given, given a statement, being, being out and about. There's a committee, basically, of the whole family that we don't see or hear from. It could be five of them said, we need to be out of this ASAP. I can't stand owning the team. I mean, I have no idea. But uh, hypothetically. I want to be. I want to be done with this. Let's just take the money. The value has gone up. This is too much of a headache. I'm tired of borrowing cash to make payroll and whatever else we have to do. Post pandemic, this isn't right. This isn't fun. Half could be going. No, it's going to come back. It, the value's already gone up. We have short term cash problems. It's going to be great. The, Angelos is gone. Whatever. Who knows if it's unanimous? Who knows if there's been infighting? Who knows if if one group has overruled the other in terms of spending on everything from. Uh, you know, the, the best baseballs to, to to players. I mean, no one has any clue, ultimately. Maybe a handful do, but they're certainly not telling us. So I, I bet you the truth is somewhere in between, where the pulse was probably they weren't selling because, frankly, there's been no traction, no action on it for, what, a year? Yeah. There's been no update. There's no, hey, we're closer. Hey, an offer was received. We countered. There's been no report. There's been no nothing, no movement at all. So maybe there was a pulse that they weren't going to sell. The final gavel hitting, though, that seems obviously more recent to me. If you're looking at team payrolls right now in Major League Baseball, the Nats payroll is $90 million. It's 23rd of 30 teams. But that is pretty misleading because well over 50% of their payroll, about 54% of their payroll, is Strasburg and Corbin. Now, Corbin you have to account for because he's still on the team and he's active. Yep. It's in the final year of his deal, and he's – paid for services essentially already rendered. They just kind of keep him around. He's a 2019 World Series MVP. Uh, wasn't their MVP of the series. Strasburg was, but was one of the most valuable players. Huge piece. And then the actual MVP, Strauss, is no longer pitching, is never going to pitch again, but still accounts for you know, $30-plus million in payroll. So if you take their part of it out of the equation, you're talking about their payroll being right there with, like, the A's and the Pirates. Lower, honestly. You know, well, yeah. Well, I, I just mean in the tier oh, that right, they're right, in. Oh, right, 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 yeah. But, yeah, it'd be the lowest, the, the team that's actively spending the least. You saw the offseason. We all did. It was Joey Gallo, who is no longer an everyday player on a championship-level team, and their hope is he can get hot, hit some home runs, and they can flip him for a prospect at the deadline. And not much else. You know, they signed a bunch of guys to minor league deals. It seemed like last year Mike Rizzo had... 10 or $15 million to spend in the offseason, and this year he got less. Now, what we don't know is, does Rizzo want to go out and spend more? Is the is the baseball department coming to ownership and saying, hey, we really like this player, could we sign them? That's adorable you like him. And ownership's going <laughs> yeah. go away for another year? Or are they perfectly fine with not spending because they think it's the best way forward as well? I don't have nearly as big a problem as most people do with how they've done this rebuild. I was on board with the Soto trade. Mm-hmm. Um, categorically thought it was the right thing to do before they did it. Thrilled that they did it. I think it it saved them in a lot of ways and gives them a chance to be competitive again sooner. The Dylan Cruz pick where they got him at number two overall, massive. They're going to have a chance to be competitive here in the next couple of years because of how they've rebuilt this system. And not spending will be unforgivable and problematic in the future. It has not been for me right now because even though the rules screw you up a little bit, they weren't able to draft higher than 10th this season, no matter how bad they were. Mm -hmm. 
you want to pick as high as possible, and you want to be able to fully go all in on your prospects. So you don't want them blocked as it is right now. When James Wood and Dylan Cruz and Brady House and uh, you know Cade Cavalli and Jackson Rutledge and those guys are ready, you want them to be in the big leagues during this bad upcoming season, figure out who's good and who isn't, what adjustments they need to make, so that when you're ready to spend, you have more answers. And so I'm for, I'm for all of this. The whole question to me, though, is this is the last offseason like this, in my opinion, based on where the, the build is. Next year's time to actually add some reinforcements, some assets. You get Corbin off the books. Strasburg's going to be on the verge of being off the books one year further along, mm-hmm. depending on what they do to solve that dilemma. There will be no excuse not to start spending. And I guess the question is, how sure are we that they're going to do the right thing? I mean, as a business owner, you, you can get really content not spending any money. Like, oh, this is kind of fun. I don't have to do anything, and we'll just have people keep coming to the ballpark and people keep broadcasting our games. Like, will they hit the switch when it's time to? That's the big question. It's the essential question. I mean, just try to quantify this. You mentioned the, the, the active current payroll is $90 million. These things are always kind of in flux, and there's a lot of complicated calculations that accountants do and Major League pace, uh, Baseball's luxury tax rules and all sorts of stuff. But for the moment, they're at 90 If you take Strasburg's contract out of that because he's stuck on the 40-man roster because they couldn't figure out this solution and situation, but he is simply not going to play for them, their payroll is only above the Oakland Athletics for guys that will play baseball for them this year. It's about $55 million. That's less than the Pirates, and it's only more than Oakland who is moving. Is it is in limbo with zero cost, zero prospect, zero upside. Maybe they go to Sacramento for a year before they go to Vegas. I mean, no one knows what's, what's going to happen. They're a disaster, and it's a black eye for Major League Baseball. That's who the Nationals are in the club with right yeah. now, to, to try to, to quantify this for you. But by design to an extent. To a degree. The, the Astros did this before they went to the league championship series. Seven straight years. The Orioles did this before they became the juggernaut and the buzzsaw that they're about to be coming mm-hmm. off 101 wins. 101 team, yeah. Uh, the favorites in the American League East, although dealing with some injuries right now. But we've seen the Cubs and so many other teams that have gone on to win titles build this way where you don't spend, you don't bring in big league talent. The sport is trying to do away with this, but it is a proven way if you develop well, if you draft well. Two things the Nationals have not done very well until – recently and we're hoping that it trends in the right direction this can be a productive way to try to go win something meaningful but the news was pretty big bombshell yesterday two years after finding out they were probably gonna sell you don't announce you're looking to sell or considering a sale in sports if you're not pretty serious about it not only did they not sell for two years but they pulled the team off the market verbally yesterday with mark Lerner saying they're no longer for sale. How do you feel about that? Let's open up the MGM National Harbor listener lines, 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067 is the number on Grant and Danny. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Harris is 1-0. Swing a high fly ball left field, sending Brantley back onto the warning track at the wall, looking up, and it is gone! Anthony Rendon puts it into the Crawford boxes. And the Nationals lead the ballgame 5-2 here in the seventh inning. It's Anthony Rendon's first World Series home run and his second long ball of the postseason. And the Nationals get to Harris here in the top of the seventh. The Nationals 5, the Astros 2. The good old days of Nationals baseball. Remember that one? World Series run 2019. By the way, they are giving away replica World Series rings for the five-year anniversary this year at Nationals Park at one of their games which is pretty cool. Uh, Grant and Danny welcoming you back on The Fan. Discussing the news from yesterday. We're saying over the weekend. It was a three-day weekend. But it came out yesterday that the Learners, and Mark Learner specifically, ownership talked to the Washington Post, saying our family has determined that we are not going to sell the team. Said that the decision was made a while ago. Went on to say nothing has really changed. We've just decided that it's not the time or the place for it. We're very happy owning the team and bringing us back a ring one day. And I had Darius play that highlight because they were a top 10 payroll then. I don't actually think they were this high. I'm looking up uh, via a site that ranks the World Series champions by year and their payroll to start the season on opening day. And this is suggesting they were number three in payroll on opening day that year. I don't think that's true. But they were certainly top 10. Yeah, they were They were on the... Easily top half of the league, top 10, I think for sure, nestled in there. And there was a several-year window where they were spending, and that's yeah, you know, that's what it looked like. I mean, Scherzer, massive contract. They gave Strauss $245 million after that World Series on a seven-year deal. We know how that's worked out, obviously, but it's not like they didn't used to spend. They stopped spending post-pandemic as the team sold off its pieces and rebuilt. And so it is my belief that when it's time to hit the switch – they will start doing that again. But make no mistake about it. If they don't, if their plan is to, to pretend to be small market or to spend in the bottom 10 in baseball or to you know go about this now like they're the Rays or, or the Pirates or some organization that doesn't really spend money, that won't work because you're not analytically advanced. You, you don't operate. You don't spend in the areas you mm-hmm. need to to cut the corners <laughs> to not have the personnel like the Astros and some of those other teams did For so long. So uh, the question is, what's your reaction to this? I was definitely bummed out initially. Um, I I wanted them to sell. And I was hoping that some Steve Cohen-like rich guy was going to swoop in who wants to go bring in a bunch of great players, knowing that wasn't all that realistic. I also would prefer Leonsis to buy the team and put them on, you know, the monumental network and then have Masson no longer be a factor probably. But uh, look, was I bummed? Yes. Do I think this can work, though? I do. I've seen it work. It has worked. I know that they have the club in the bag or did at one point. 
And post-Ted Lerner no longer with us posthumously. You know, the team has moved on without him in an ownership group, the family. I think they could turn the clock back when it's time to. This coming offseason a year from now will tell me everything I need to know. So I wonder, uh, are there – is it still sort of the same old thing as before? And what I mean is, if they go back to quote-unquote spending, is it still half of the money's deferred for the next 15, 20 years, which is now – you know, less and less guys are accepting that. I guess you can find someone here and there. I mean, I know what Otani just did design with the Dodgers, but it's still less popular than, than it's ever been. I mean, Anthony Rendon said, please don't put any deferred money in my contract. They're like, how about a lot of deferred money right. in your contract? And he was like, pound sand. Now, that obviously worked out. I'm not saying about him specifically, but you know what I mean. Just offering his way of example. Is it going to be a real thing where they go, if it's if it's $34 million a year, it's actually $34 million a year? Or are we doing this it's 17 now and like 19 for like 17 years with some interest and then we'll pay you back on on every Thursday and you give me five dollars I don't want any of that stuff is is it going to be real I don't know I'm hopeful but I'm not optimistic I I feel like there's been kind of a you do it enough one way for long enough right again I there was no reason to, to spend a whole bunch of extra in 2021 right when they weren't very good and they were getting ready to sell off and things and I think it this I just needs don't to know. be said by the way Danny I do think a lot of our listeners are among the faction of sports fans that just don't like that way of building. Now, the sport itself has made changes and rules to try to prevent teams from essentially, you know, the, the word that everyone knows is tanking, mm-hmm. right? It's a dirty word to some people. I have no problem with it. I didn't mind it when the Astros did it with Mike Elias and Jeff Luno. I didn't mind it when the Orioles did it with Mike Elias and Sig Meidel. I think it works. I think this is how you build. I think this is how you win in baseball. There's nothing worse than being okay for a bunch of years. So I am totally cool with the last few years and their spending, to be completely honest with you. I really am. Now, I'm also not spending tens of thousands of dollars in season tickets or whatever some people are spending, mm-hmm. right? So I understand that if you opted out, fine, hop back in when it's good again. I don't, I don't have any problem with that. Send your statement with your checkbook as far as I'm concerned. Here's where I wanted to do better, though. Even when the payroll was good, Danny, Mm -hmm. even when they spent on the stuff that we see, like the outside of the house, I don't get the sense that this ownership group has ever been great about spending on the stuff we don't see. Payroll at one point was elite. You're able to win. You've got talent. Remember, though, in that era, they lowballed Bud Black. They tried to make some offer to him as a manager. Mm Mm-hmm. That was just pretty ridiculous. They went and got Davey, won a World Series that worked out, never been a manager before. They didn't want to pay Dusty Baker. Now, I I thought Dusty had his shortcomings in the postseason and what have you. But it's not like they have been big spenders other than on players ever. Now, if you look at their biomechanics labs and their analytics department and you stack up their R&D and all these other things, I think they got some really smart people. But I've never gotten the sense that they're on the, the forefront of what they're dumping into those departments. And that is where I was hopeful that whether it was Ted or somebody else, someone would come in here and go, oh, this is what we spent? Let's add to that budget. And either they're going to or it's not going to work. So that's where I'm at on this now. Mm. Yeah, the, the unsexy stuff, because everybody can look up payrolls, right? But you can't look up minor league facilities measuring totally. spin rates and and all the drive line technology and because there i mean the what's what's the rep been over the last handful of years while they've been winning a bunch of games average around 90 wins a year for that better part of 10 years among the best teams in the sport 
they're still not developing a lot of major league talent, right? The guys that were developed were shipped off for the Sean Doolittles and the Ryan Madsons of the world and guys that helped them win a World Series. I'm not complaining about that, but they they had very few reinforcements, guys came, that came up and were consistently helpful. Like the best of the bunch was Eric Fetty, a number five starter, eating a couple of innings here and there for a team that is going to win 70 games. No, thank you. That's been devoid, whether it's drafting, whether it's development. The answer is probably yes, right? Not, none of those things have, have worked out real well. So those are the unsexy things. Guys toiling in Altoona, guys in Harrisburg, guys in the middle of nowhere, developing your next wave of major leaguers that they just haven't done for some time. So I, I, it, it all makes sense. The pieces add up. All right, so quickly then before we get to the phones, I guess my reaction was when I saw the news, I was bummed out. I don't think it's terrible. I still think there's a chance that this works out okay because we have seen them spend at a high level. But I was still hopeful. My dream was a different path forward with somebody else that was a much bigger spender and more aggressive than the Lerner family seems to want to be. Uh, your reaction was? On a binary one or zero, it's, it's net bad, right? But I'm not devastated by it, but it's, I would say, I would say it's slight, slight, I, I'm the same way. I felt a little bummed. Do you agree with me that it's better, though, to just have resolution? Yes. Regardless. And an engaged owner is preferred to whatever was happening. If you have an engaged owner. Right. Kevin's in Arlington. What's up, Kevin? How are you? Hey, fellas. Yeah, I wish uh, I wish I'd flip from the initial reaction you had, which is exactly the one I had, Grant. But I just add up all the negatives with the learners. I mean, since the World Series, you know, and this wasn't even their fault. There was COVID. Then there was the commercial real estate losses. I mean, for the first time, that family really was experiencing some financial distress. It didn't help also that when they did spend – uh, after the World Series on uh, Strasbourg, they didn't take out the insurance policy, and well, here we are. But you know, there's you guys have laid out a number of things that they don't do in terms of what you don't see, the infrastructure that 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 you don't see when you look at the star players and their contracts. My biggest thing is this: I think the golden goose of the Nationals is Mike Rizzo. You've got to give him money to spend so that he can acquire whether they're great players or average players on free agency, but that he can then flip them. He is a master of acquiring assets and trading them and fleecing other teams. And I think they will, Kevin. They certainly did that when they were good. The question is, when do you start doing that again? But I hope you agree with this, and I would just point out, they were not going to be good in any of the last three seasons. Four years ago, the pandemic year was unexpected. You still had Scherzer, Turner, Soto, the whole group, Eaton, all those guys were back. And the 60-game pandemic was quirky and weird. Yeah, they got off to a slow start. We were like, yeah, well, they did last year too, but now the season's over because we have a month. Correct. Yeah. That year, I just dismissed. 21 was the disaster. Exactly. And the last three seasons, starting in 21, this has been the bottoming out. And to go spend, as the, and they have decreasingly done that less and less, like they didn't go get a Josh Bell and bring him in, right? They weren't making moves for guys like Nelson Cruz this offseason. It's because now you've got a lot of these guys that are close. James Wood, Dylan Cruz, you don't want to block them. They could have gone and signed you know, an, another Joey Gallo, but if you do that, maybe James Wood isn't able to come up to the big leagues and get the at-bats he needs when he deems that he's ready with his play. So... Again, I I have had no real problem with the spending because I have been on board with hitting detonate and bottoming out and building this thing from the ground up. But I will be the loudest among you if in the next year, and certainly over the next two years, this doesn't completely change. 
and they're not adding to payroll, and they're not giving Rizzo money, and they're not a player for a star pitcher and a star bat to surround your young talent with. Because if they're not, there's no way forward. There's no way to win anything meaningful. But the last few years where everyone says they've spent nothing, this is what it looks like. Even if you know the, the they, there was never a sale, even if they weren't considered cheap before this started, right? It's exacerbated by this, but this is a proven model that a bunch of teams have done, that they're just the latest team to do it. You don't have to like it, but check out the Orioles. Do you like the results there and how that's working? I mean, this is kind of what a lot of teams have done. What we don't know is what's their plan on the back end. Mm-hmm. Do they go back to having a payroll in the top 10 to 12? Because I often refer to this, you know, right around this time is the Jason Worth time. In 2011, nobody saw it coming. They were, you know, they were the Nat Knowles, they were the also Rans, they were, they were the, a semi-expansion team. They weren't taken seriously. They jumped up and signed somebody nobody thought they would sign. A, a culture-changing signee. They go 81-81 and 81 in 2011. Then the next year, they win 98 games. I thought this was going to be that offseason if everybody was engaged. Turns out it's not. Next offseason, though, oh, buddy. We're, we'll be sitting there. As soon as the, as soon as the world, last out of the World Series, you're not going to look at our watches going, what are you going to do? Let's go. How do you feel about the learners keeping the team? 800-636-1067 is the number on Grant and Danny. At the top of the hour, Danny, did you see the blowback the NBA All-Star game got? Catching some Eric Flack. 200-plus points scored by the East. I mean, it really was bad. Does it matter that it's bad? Do we need to do something to tweak it? We'll get into that. Also, we'll go around the NFL here with some news and notes coming up in just a few minutes at the top of the hour. But I want to put a bow for now on our Nats conversation. They are not for sale anymore. Mark Lerner telling the Post this yesterday. Gauging your reactions at 800-636-1067. I'd rather them have sold to someone who was going to aggressively spend, but this is better than being in perpetuity, not knowing if they're ever going to sell and having seemingly the Lerner family have one foot in, one foot out while they were waiting for business to pick up on the sale. Let's go to Chris in Hyattsville. What's up, dude? How are hey, Chris. you? What's up, guys? Hey, thanks for the, bringing up this important topic. Yeah, man. Uh, I consider myself to be probably the lone like learner defender in the entire market. I constantly get in battles with people on Twitter talking about how cheap they are and you know how they're but, but listen, you talked about the process that teams like the Astros and the Orioles have gone through. Well, they stole that from the Nationals playbook. The Nationals invented tanking. Does anyone forget that we had back-to-back number 1 overall picks in the late 2000s? How do you think we got there? And the team didn't spend a ton of money. If one thing, the learners are consistent. They, they're not going to spend on a team that is projected to lose 100 games every season to win 75 games. It doesn't make any sense to do that. They're biding their time. They're building up their core roster just as much as they did in, in the mid-2000s, early 2000s. And when the time is right, when the iron is hot, They will strike, and they will start spending again. I think this is the best news they could have because a sale wasn't really in the offing, not because of the learner's fault or their unwillingness to sell, but because of this cluster of a deal that Masson has. Yeah, it is a mess. That's a good phone call. So thank Thank you, buddy. I think he, like, I agree with 95% of that. The only thing I would push back on some is 
I would feel better about this if they were like aggressively spending massive amounts of money on the other stuff right now, which I don't get that sense. Remember when they restructured a bunch of their front office and mm-hmm. they got rid of some scouts, but then they have other people now that are doing these jobs. And it kind of felt like, wait, there were like 22 people and now there's 16. And I don't, I'm on the outside looking in. I don't know, but it does not feel like they have the biggest R and D department. They have the biggest biomechanics department. To that point, Greg. They have the best pitching lab. And that's where I was going. If they were doing all of that and saying, we're tanking at the big league level, but we're kicking ass everywhere else, cool. I don't think that's what they've been doing. You would be funneling that story to whoever would listen. Yes. You're not seeing it at the major league level, but you know what we're doing that you guys can't see? Look at us. So committed to winning the next generation of national superstars is on the way. Here's We're spending on this thing, this thing, this thing, and that thing. That's what the Orioles were doing in a lot of ways. where's that? Now, here's where I give them a ton of credit. They they hired really, really good people from orgs like Baltimore this offseason. And I think that is going to pay huge dividends. Bill's in North Carolina listening on the Always Free Odyssey app on Grant and Danny. What's up, Bill? Hey, fellas. Good afternoon. Hey, this is a redundancy. I, I complimented you once before. But um, during the business days, um, way back when, I used to have to have the misfortune or fortune of traveling all around the country. And you're about the best in the business. I think you're just top-notch. Well, so you're I, a sweetheart. I've heard them all. Thank so, you very anyway, much, sir. I'm flummoxed. I don't know what to say. I I was all in on the trades. They got a ton for Soto, and that had to happen, and they had to clean out the old folks' home. I, you know, I liked all the Howie Kendricks and all the rest of it, but, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? You can't hold them forever. But looking at the uh, the lineup, I mean, the hitting, I, I you could drive a van up to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and, and uh, get nine Amishmen who could do better than this, and they're asking us to accept a lot this year. I mean, I, I was hoping they'd turn on a little bit of juice, maybe get a pitcher to help the guys, you know, before their arms fall off the Gordon Gray. And, you know, I, I feel sorry for those guys having to, to toe the line here. And I don't know when Cavalli's going to come up, but uh, they'll have three good ones. I was hoping for a fourth, but um, where it gets a little hinky next year, I'm, I'm, I'll accept it. But um, next year, if they don't turn on the juice, then we got a problem. I don't want to totally be agree. The, totally yeah, agree with be... you, Bill. Uh, sorry, buddy. We're Thank up you, against buddy. the end of the hour here. So I have to cut you off and I apologize for that. But I actually think this year as a fan will actually be less. When you say they're asking for a lot, I think they're asking for less this year. Here's, here's my argument. You're going to get to see James Wood. Good, bad, indifferent. The guy they brought over in the Soto deal mm-hmm. who has 40 home run power. You're going to catch glimpses of the future. Dylan Cruz will graduate. He will be there. I think there's a chance Lipscomb or House or both will graduate. You're going to see Cavalli in a, you know, for a major stretch. He pitched once and got hurt. Now you'll see him. So just about every other homestand for the second half of the season, there's going to be a new up-and-coming, young, exciting player. That's better to me than what last year was when they also weren't spending, and it was just kind of the Joey Manessis, Lane Thomas show. Like, those guys are still here, but now instead of Ildemaro Vargas and fill-in-the-blank random old guy, Paolo Espina, you know, it's young, up-and-coming players. So to me, this year is actually going to be a little less heavy lifting and work to be a fan than last year was. But let's categorically lay down the law on this right now. If they don't spend anything next offseason, that will be unforgivable. That will be malpractice. That's when Corbin's off your books. That's when your payroll will drop down because of that to basically the Pirates level. That's when Wood will be on the opening day roster with Cruz. That's when you need to add veteran reinforcements that help you compete. It does those guys no good to be losing 100 games in the big leagues next season or close to it. So, yes, I think they're on the shot clock 
the moment the season ends, as you said, Danny, mm-hmm. to start making some moves and adding some real talent. Because it's splash time. And fielding a big league roster again. I mean, you can start to compete. Listen, the Braves are a buzzsaw. They're built to, to last, and they're great, right? But the other teams in the division, they're not that far ahead of, of where you will be next year. Let's go around the NFL next and get into the NBA All-Star game, which drew the ire of just about everybody who watched it. You're listening to The Fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.